Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 160. Ooh, we're getting up there in age. <laughs> uh, we are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. All right, guys. How are you guys doing? It's been hot here. How's it been going for you guys? It has been hot all throughout California. Yeah. But it's uh, today a little less hot as far as in the afternoon. We are getting the ocean breeze through the house and that's uh are definitely a relief because it had been so humid and hot here uh recently and i know people will be like stop with your hot and humid because like our high was 82 <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're not used to the humid but yeah we're not used to it we we, we're we exorbitant rent for a reason <laughs> <laughs> i was supposed to go to half moon bay yesterday but i woke up late because i finally got my mattress for oh, nice. my room so i've just been luxuriating in it and so <laughs> i woke up late and then i was just like i don't want to get up so i'm not gonna go to half moon bay tomorrow and then i looked at the weather and it was like 65 degrees in half moon bay oh wow and i was like oh fuck okay never mind i don't <laughs> like i've been like to santa cruz monterey bay and like a little bit of um, uh, other beaches that are like further north they're so fucking cold like, <laughs> yeah and this yeah. is like, like, I've been like Santa Monica, Malibu, Long Beach and all those stuff. And I always thought like going into the water was cold, period. But no, this right. is a different kind of cold. Yes. And I'm like, what is this? I feel betrayed <laughs> by the sea. <laughs> That's so true, though. Yeah. Well, my uh, I'm a home alone, not entirely alone. My brother's here, but um, my husband's in Nicaragua. He's going to be there for four weeks. So I'm basically single, guys. <laughs> is this a call to action for you? Or like, what, what is no, I basically said, no, you know what? It, 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 I was just preparing for it the whole time. But then one at one point I, um, on Friday afternoon, I got up and got some water with ice. And when I I was filling my my cup with ice and, and then I it just hit me like a ton of breaks fuck i miss frank he's not coming home tonight because he's in nicaragua so Aww. like it just kind of hit me so i've been trying to keep busy i binged paper girls i binged um hey uh that uh what was that what that show what that fool this fool this fool oh yeah, yeah i keep seeing ads for yeah it. yeah is it funny i thought it was funny okay. <laughs> i thought it was funny uh yeah, I'm, I'm remembering scenes. Now. So anyway, I've been binging shit and I've been watching movies up until three in the morning. Just kind of, yeah. So I don't know how my week's gonna go as far <laughs> as far as my sleep patterns, but yeah. So that's that's what's up with me. Very cool. We all, you and Frank are so adorable. Which life update? I downloaded Hinge. <laughs> which is a dating app wait have we talked about this have i told you guys already you told me last week but we weren't recording okay yes <laughs> but, yeah and so that has been a journey dating apps are 
This is this is actually the first time I've ever had a dating app. I've never done it because usually I would just go to a club and right, hook yeah. up with somebody. The good old classic way. I miss it so much. <laughs> well, I did both. I did the club thing and I also did, but this, I'm really dating myself. I did uh, Yahoo Messenger hookups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yahoo Messenger. It was called Yahoo Messenger hookups or you just said that right now? No, I just said that because I oh, did literally okay. hook up through Yahoo Messenger. Yeah. Oh my God. You And like, then only uh, one MySpace hookup. For me, it was ICQ. ICQ. Yeah. I remember. Is eHarmony still a thing? I think so. Okay. Like, I remember, like, eHarmony and, like, all these other ones where and I was just like, why are people, like, on these things? And I'm still, like, I'm not sure. <laughs> but the dating app things did make me realize another thing. And it's just that I am just, unless he's, unless he's fake, I'm really not attracted to men. Unless he's fake? Yeah, like, yeah, like anime. Character. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like a, a video game character. Yeah, no, I feel you because like for me, it was like the the actor who played Sandman, he just was like, oh my God, just I think I'm wetting myself just thinking about it. Like it's it's these fake personas, you know, like it's never like a real guy. They're not real. Yes. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're not real. They're the best of everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like I like talked to like a few men and I was trying to see who was just like maybe I should just randomly hook up with one of these dudes um uh and see if i you know would enjoy being intimate with a man but then just thinking about it i was just all like <laughs> no there's your my, answer you yeah there is my far. answer and now i'm just all like oh, am i gonna have to change my label again i'm <laughs> like god damn and then i also feel bad as well but it could also just be like Forced heteronormativity still instilling. Oh, no, it's a journey. It's a process. <laughs> so all this to say is uh, sexuality is fluid and it can change. Yes. Yes. 100%. All right, guys. Now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And today I bring you some Chisme, which I'm sure everybody knows. It's all over the internet. The Batgirl movie was canceled. Uh, yeah. We were going to get ourselves a Dominican Batwoman, Batgirl, I'm sorry. And um, her name was Leslie Grace Martinez. And she had some Latin Grammy nominations on her portrait. She was going to be Batgirl? Yeah. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Because she said you said Batwoman, and I was just like, Yeah, no, I said Batwoman. I said, I mean, I know, no, no, no. But then when you said it, I was like, Wait, I got confused. Got it. (laughs) Yes. Uh huh. Batgirl, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was going to be released on HBO Max um, and just was canceled completely by the studio. Um, they actually yeah. canceled it after they already wrapped filming. $90 what? million dollars they have already invested into this property. Oh, my God. Yes. We get $5 million in one fucking Batman movies, which, don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed the Robert Pattinson one. Yeah, me too. So but- I haven't seen it. I would, I would like a Batgirl. Do we know if this was Barbara Gordon? Yes, I think it was Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, after what, what I want to know what the thinking is, what the thought process is behind investing that much money. Uh, The producers did come out to say that they weren't done, done, that there were still some things that needed to, to happen, but that so much had been invested that it makes more sense to actually 
just release it release it and like, like if it's not done you can just do it like a like a special edition kind of thing you can say like this isn't really like a full like finished movie product but this is what it could have been like they did with the first original concept of the dune movie make a movie about making the movie oh yeah maybe this is their plan they're doing they're taking it away from us so that we want it more and then they'll give it to us because <laughs> maybe it really is horrible and they're like we got to pull some bullshit to get make money off this thing <laughs> maybe uh it's it's just it's they're incredibly ridiculous yes and they're yeah. saying that is the decision it was bad Oh, I don't know. I mean, they're saying that you wanted to shift the focus on blockbuster films uh, rather than streaming the releases. Uh, and I get that. But you know what? Um, I'm thinking, you know, how many different iterations of freaking Batman movies do we have and Joker iterations? Why can't they just give us this this background movie, you know? But you're right. Maybe they're just wanting us to take it to not give it to us for us to request it more or whatever i don't know it just seems so ridiculous honestly so after this rumor not it's not a rumor after this info came out a rumor was started that they were also going to cancel blue beetle so that that made me very uh upset and made me claim it's racist because of course we know that (laughs) it's two latino leads uh so um yeah, that has not been confirmed, I don't think, but there's a lot of talk around it because of the fact that DC came out to say that they wanted to, to or WB came out to say they wanted to uh, switch their focus. <sighs> Back on to, anyways, it's really, it's really incredible, especially after like the freaking like statement HBO Max did about who their streamers or like who, like there's the streaming audience is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And they were just all like, women aren't fans. And I was just like, what the <gasps> fuck? They said that? Yeah. They said that. Like in a like in a kind of like a like a like an interview thing or whatever. Yeah. I saw it all over Twitter. Oh wow. my god. This isn't like the like go-to place for like accurate information, but I did see <laughs> disclaimer. I, I mean, yeah, disclaimer. <laughs> but I mean, if you look it up, you someone did like they posted videos of like what's his yeah. face. Um uh like uh, showing like oh like this is who like we're like catering to and i'm just like oh my fucking god like whatever actually hbo max is the first um app that i open on my television to see what current things they have on i i watch gordita chronicles on it didn't they cancel that one too they're not gonna do another season that i don't know but if they don't that fucking sucks because i totally love that series it was so funny not only that it was a hit yeah yeah but you're right i haven't heard anything about gorita chronicles at all no um nobody talking about it there's been no like ad- advertisements or anything like that on my feed mm-hmm. even though i posted on our instagram on it so i don't know i don't know I- i'll have to look into that but i'm very disappointed in you um wb it's it's so ridiculous i mean how many different jokers have we had how many different batmans we've had um and 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 for them to say oh we're just going in a different direction even though they already spent all that money on the movie we were going to get ourselves a latina bad girl um i mean and i mean just seeing the response for namor on the marvel side i think they're doing they're making a mistake on the dc side but i mean who knows who knows what's going on but that's 
that's basically the chisme. Mm, yeah. I guess it goes to say just how careful Marvel is in their planning, whereas WB or like Disney Marvel and WB DC is like because they still haven't made like a, a franchise out of this mm-hmm. yet because it's always just the same and it's always just like Batman specifically. Um, I mean, he's he's a golden goose. He's going to keep making the money. So they're going to keep uh, like shitting out movies and people are still going to go and see them like as long as like what's for studios like this it's always just like what's the cash cow we're gonna milk that cash cow until it gives no more milk and honestly for batman i don't see it ever dying yeah that's true you're absolutely right about that that's why our walls are overflowing with bat family books and i hate it All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? So this week I have such a good book. And it is by one of my favorite comic creators. The awesome and amazing Tom King has come out with an ongoing image series called Love Everlasting. And uh, he has... um, Elsa Char, oh, I don't know how to say this. Charatier, 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 Charatier. It's a very long word that I don't know how to pronounce. Sorry, Elsa, but (laughs) um, (laughs) that is the creator. And it is an ongoing series, which, um, I'm really happy about because so many of the books that I jump onto and start to enjoy turn out to be um, turn out to be limited series. So uh, I'm kind of excited for this to be something ongoing. But it is about Joan Peterson, who is a woman that discovers she is trapped in an endless, terrifying cycle of romance. A problem to be solved, a man to marry, and every time she falls in love, she's torn from her world and thrust into another teary saga. Her bloody journey to freedom and revelation starts in issue number one, which was out last week. And um, basically, I read it, and uh, the way that it the setup is, is that um, Joan is dating she moved to the big city she's a small town girl moving to the big city new york she moves in with a roommate and this roommate has a boyfriend and um joan who's new to the city needs a job and this boyfriend hires joan to be his secretary and of course joan falls in love with him but oh no she can't do that to her her roommate and her friend and the roommate is um anticipating that he's going to uh, propose any day now. And in between that happening, um, Joan uh, accidentally, quote unquote, finds herself in a, a situation where they kiss. But then they both are like, no, this can't happen. And um, uh, he does propose. They are engaged for a while. And then she, the the roommate is just like, oh, I'm dating someone new now. And so now Joan can be with the boss. It's just a really cheesy, like, 
kind of like play on those old uh, love and romance comics. Love and romance comics. And so then what happens is that the next page, you turn the next page and there's a new story and it's Joan and she is now in a whole different situation and she is dating a somebody new, but then you can see that she keeps thinking, hey, what about that other dude I was dating? Didn't I love him? And so you can kind of see that her memories are there, but not there. And that happens over three different storylines. And it's super interesting. I want to know what's happening. Tom King is like a master uh, storyteller and writer. Um, And there is kind of a mystery dude who... Uh, at the end of the book, because she after it happens a third time and all these memories and stuff are being like uh, mixed up in her head, she runs. She just runs away. And then she falls and she she um, wakes up and there's a dude there who's basically has a gun to her and is like, you shouldn't have ran. And that's where it ends. And so super interesting cliffhanger. Uh, Love Everlasting number one out in stores already. And uh, number two will be coming out in September. Awesome. That sounds pretty cool. It sounds so hilarious. Like, <laughs> in, a, in a kind of like horror kind of way Yes, as well. yes. Uh-huh. Um, like you said, Tom King is amazing. I think he's a really a master of the, of the miniseries, like you said. Because mm-hmm. I think that's some of his best work. Uh, like what is it like Mr. Miracle, Strange yeah. Adventures, Sheriff of Babylon like he's uh is this his first work with Image because I think Sheriff of Babylon was Vertigo? I, I Back don't when it was remember Vertigo? yeah I don't remember that mm-hmm. sounds correct um <clears throat> yeah because I think well because now uh like they released the omnibus for it and I think it had a DC label on it oh yeah because yeah, uh it's Everything Vertigo switched over to uh, to, to Black DC. Label. Yeah, DC Black DC Label. Black label. Mm-hmm. But is, yes, you're right. It does have a DC Black Label on it now. Mm-hmm. So I think this can now like be said that this is his like first indie work, or at least major indie work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that should be that should be interesting. And I think I mean the concept itself is like you said, it's really cheesy. What really captures you is that twist, though. That's mm-hmm. kind of like sci-fi horror twist that's yes. going on. I like that. Yeah, very excited. That's cool. Uh, what is also on our radar is Paper Girls, and the full f- first season is available on Amazon Prime Video. I just streamed the whole thing. Like I said, uh, I think I went to sleep like at three in the morning. Um, but it's a wow. series that was written by Brian K. Vaughn and was illustrated by cliff chang and they are both producers on the show and one of because of course i was like reading some of the you know some of the credits and i just i noticed that brad pitt was also an executive producer so yep. i was like what he's a comic book fan <laughs> doesn't surprise me <laughs> who was it uh, brad, brad pitt. pitt oh brad pitt yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense actually yeah it, it's actually really beautifully acted um and the it, it's just a really nice um nice series to binge and i i uh, now i'm interested in actually reading the comic book so don't take for those of you who watched why the last man um that entire total bomb of a (laughs) (laughs) a, season of a translation from comic to tv um don't take that into account um and keep that from keep let that keep you from watching paper girls um 
I actually read Paper Girls when it first came out because I am yep. a Brian K. Vaughn, K. Vaughn fan. But I only made it to issue 20, because I mean 2010, because by issue 10, I still don't know what the F was going on. And <laughs> I was like, OK, I'm just going to wait until the whole thing comes out. And the whole thing is out, uh, but I never went back to it. And I'm watching the show now, Eddie and I, I think are maybe on episode five or so. Um, but the good thing about the TV show is you kind of they kind of reveal what's going on very early on and if I if that would have been the case in the book I think maybe it would have held my attention a little bit more <laughs> yeah uh, yeah time travel can be tricky that way sometimes so but yeah that's actually what's on my radar is the t uh, the um the series on Amazon Prime all right guys now it's time for that book review what are we reviewing today so today we have Brave by Jessica Campbell, and it was published by Drawn and Quarterly, which makes sense. Yeah, uh, very Drawn and Quarterly is known for their very indie kind of like marginalized storytelling. Mm -hmm. And also they do kind of have like a like a style as well. Like this fits mm -hmm. very much in like in theme with their style for drawing uh -huh. quarterly. They're like uh they're like phantom graphics, like um um uh what other like really big one is there? Phantom graphics, drawn in quarterly, not image, because they they mostly I think they don't really do like comic books, they do graphic novels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They usually are from out of the country usually right yeah. yeah they're usually from like england ireland or like uh uh armenia from like all over the place and they're usually very very interesting as well this one i don't know where jessica campbell is from um uh, i think i saw that she was canadian canadian there you go mm -hmm. uh and the book itself is it, it's small and it looks like a little dense but it is set up in kind of the classic like six panel structure and very very easy to read and mm -hmm. very 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 captivating i really enjoyed reading this book mm -hmm. like it was <laughs> oh my my teeth <laughs> it, was, it was very relatable and there's like a blurb in the back that i'm gonna uh from tilly walden that says reading ray reminds me of the way the days felt when you were a teenager terribly long and yet incredibly short Jessica Campbell has captured the essence of being young and lost so completely that I know the story will stay with me for a long time to come. Read it and you won't forget it either. And I have to agree. And I love Tilly Walden. Tilly Walden, she wrote On a Sunbeam, um, uh, Spinning. Um, mm. Yeah. And a couple of other like YA, but also like a, some like older stuff as well. Uh, and I, it's, it's not YA. This book isn't YA. Um, it's very much not YA. <laughs> but it has kind of almost the YA feeling mm -hmm. that was really like uh, the blurb said, you do get the sense of like kind of like being lost, but also like youth and like how, uh, and I can reflect on this now, everything feels so important at the moment yeah for teenagers it's always about the now mm -hmm. where 
there isn't much thought as into the later what will I do kind of thing. And you can see the the book follows like a group of like teenage girls uh, going in a very I think a small town, mm-hmm. a very religious small town. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's just there's no really no overarching plot. I want to say it's just kind of day by day kind of thing going on. Um. Given what I was reading when I was young, I definitely feel like this could very well be a YA book. <laughs> right, um, right, yes. Because, um, I mean, there was no, like, I mean, we saw some boobies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was so uh, realistic with the things that her name's Lauren, the main character is going through. Um, she's dealing with, uh, body, uh, image issues. She's dealing with, um, wrestling with what her sexuality is. Um, there's, uh, her, as Jed mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, they live in a very small community that is very, very, religious and um her parents force her to go to an evangelical church every sunday and her parents are so religious that they don't even allow her to bring um books on evolution home into her uh into her their their home for her to complete her homework Mm -hmm. and in fact she can't even say what she's working on um so there's a lot of stuff that lauren is going through um and because she can't do her evolution uh report um at home she opts to go to her partner her uh her group partner's house to do that uh that studying and that report and that is mariah mariah is the her her uh classmate who she gets paired up with that she doesn't really know prior to this uh, prior to this assignment and kind of learns more about her. All she knows is people call her a witch. Mm-hmm. And she dresses in black all the time. It turns out she actually is the witch. She She's mm-hmm. wicked. <laughs> yeah, I actually really love this book. Um, I looked at it and I was like, what are we reading today? This is kind of, kind of weird. La, like and my grandma would say, la misma canción. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then I saw it's black and white and it's small panels. And I'm like, damn it, I got to break out my lupa, my my magnifying glass, because uh, I'm old now. Um, and it started off at the church, like with the sermon from the pastor. And it was I was like, what the fuck am I reading? and um and then you see like it pans to her as as an audience as part of you know attending this church and you see kind of this look like at first I was like oh she's gonna she's gonna rebel like she has that look of like nothing like I don't know like almost angry and then it was just such a trip because um the pastor has a daughter and he points her out in the congregation saying that, oh, yeah, she um, was she strayed away from the path and she got pregnant and everybody knows it. And like he basically puts her on the spot and she's you know, she has her big belly bulge and stuff. And, you know, she testifies with everybody's witness to her testification or however you call it testimony, and testimony, <laughs> testification, testimony. And then you and then you 
several panels down, you see her smoking a cigarette with her big fat belly. And uh, Lauren, who's part of the congregation, who's just heard the testimony and everything. She's like trying to be nice. She's like, hey, how are you doing? And she's like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, which was actually super, super uh, interesting to see how this daughter of the of the dude what is it he's not a pastor the pastor um it reminded me of (laughs) footloose how the the daughter is expected to be so pure and chaste and and fall right in line and accepting god's love but she's a freaking teenager and of course probably they're telling them telling her to abstain and to that in fact, they do talk about that. The pastor opens up with how in his 20s, he was weak and he fell victim to pornography and masturbation. He was a, he was a slave to masturbation. <laughs> and then he broke the chains loose. I was, that's how I was like, why are we reading this? But I mean, it all, it all, it, I mean, and it was just beautifully written, the pace um, and the drawings and everything. It was just like really well paced. And I, I, I could see myself in there because like at some points, like they like for first communion and stuff, you had to go on these retreats, these spiritual retreats with all these like people you didn't know, these other teenagers doing the same thing. And then like they try to break you down emotionally and, you know, like, I don't know, and then build you back up in the Lord's view. I don't know. It was just it just really hit home for me. Like I I have been to these retreats where people talk this type of mess but um i like it because it should have been more wild <laughs> um, i should have because I, I, I had to go to right right mm-hmm. and it's just uh whatever anyway so um, you're so lucky you're so lucky so i like that i don't know if you could you guys could tell but there was like three sets of friends for her there were the sets of friends from church who some of them went to private school there right. were the set of friends at school and then of course uh, the uh, relationship that blossomed between her and Mariah. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just really beautifully written that, that development of the emotions she had there, but then she gave into peer pressure and just, she didn't want to, cause they started to call her a lesbian. And mm-hmm. so she a just, dyke. She, a, di- a dyke, you're right. Uh, a dyke. Yes. But somebody else, is it true? You're a lesbian, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, but I uh, wonder why. I think she was hanging out too much with Mariah and then they just noticed that. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't, they, they, that was a jump that I didn't really understand because no one. It seemed very abrupt. Yeah. Nobody ever said anything about Mariah being a lesbian other than just that she was a witch. So the fact that all of a sudden they started flinging those questions and labels at Lauren I was like where is this coming from well there's I think there is something to be said because um there's a quote that I kind of want to get tattooed now uh (laughs) or a part of it at least um uh, in the beginning of the book that says feminism is a socialist anti-family political movement that encourages women to leave their husbands kill their children practice witchcraft destroy capitalism and become Lesbians. Lesbians, you're right. Yeah. You know what? I do want to do that. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a husband, but if I did, I would leave him, kill off my children, practice witchcraft, destroy capitalism, and become a lesbian. <laughs> That's funny. And that yeah. was that wonderful quote 
apparently was actually said, uh, was it uh, Pat Robertson? Yeah. yeah. And it's um, uh, an excerpt from a letter sent to supporters of the Christian coalition in 1992. Yeah. 1992. This letter was sent in opposition to the Equal Rights Amendment, the first version of which was first introduced to the U.S. Congress in 1923, and that as of 2021 has still not been ratified. The Equal Rights Amendment is not an amendment. It's yep. still being up for debate. Because women do not deserve to be equal. They are second-class citizens. Make me a sandwich. Mm -hmm. so, <sighs> anyway, that that was really cool. I read it too, and I was like, what in the stuff? But yeah. No, no. I want to get that tattooed. I swear to God. I practice wish track, destroy capitalism, be <laughs> <a> lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> they like they say these things thinking it was just like this is a condemnation when it's just like yeah you know what yeah that's literally what i want to do that is you are describing my life goals right there that's funny so the the story definitely takes a little bit of a turn um because we do see we do see lauren uh kind of like you said fall to fall to peer pressure and i don't even think it's the peer pressure of just her friends it's it's the the her religion and her parents and that like that issue that she's having that she's having an inner struggle like yes. she's raised in this church and her and probably believes some of it uh, and then starts to have these feelings for Mariah. And actually they start there. They actually do like the, there's panels showing them kissing and like laying together in bed and that kind of thing. Um, and she decides that she's going to tell, or she does tell Mariah, I think what we're doing is wrong. Right. And right. that was like, just so heartbreaking for me because then the next couple of, panels and pages it shows her just sitting by the phone waiting for it to ring because she wants mariah to call her and um, she misses her and those panels where there's no words nothing just lauren sitting on the chair next to the phone waiting for it to ring and it's it's worth mentioning that this is um this takes place in the 2000s in the early aughts yes so she has to wait by the phone <laughs> You know what? I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, that concept is probably something that the, today's kids don't understand. Yeah. Because yeah. we're so easily accessible. Right. Yeah. With, uh, so, but yeah, I mean, those were really heartbreaking. And also um, the, the writer is yeah. also the artist of the panels. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so all of this is, and the art is in a style that I'm not really particularly like drawn to. Yeah. But, me but, too. But the way she, she, uh, she outlined everything and how it outlines really perfectly with the dialogue and the the um, progression of the story was really just perfect for me. The whole the whole thing is perfect to me, um, and and it actually has a sad ending as well. So it does have a sad ending. So um, and that that was what was even more heartbreaking. Um, and then how you see Lauren reacting to it and kind of. It's not too much of a, a spoiler to be like at the end, she's sitting there just alone smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I 
thought that ending was super perfect. Like she's there listening to the pastor yet again. And then at one point she's just like enough. Just, yeah. And she, she just gets, leaves. She just gets up and leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, <laughs> I love this about Mariah. There was a point in the story where Mariah picks up like a, like a cigarette that was half smoked and she kind of makes she, she lights it up and she starts to smoke it. And she asks Lauren, do you want to smoke? And she's like, no, but it's funny. Cause like, I knew a lot of friends that did that would pick up like half smoked cigarettes and just smoke. Yeah, them. She actually picked up a whole bunch of uh, cigarettes and she, she took out the tobacco of them and she rolled a whole new one. Yeah. That's so, fuck, so yeah. She was super uh, resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> Get your nicotine fixed somehow. <laughs> and I mean, nowadays, like, what was it? I was buying a soda uh, at the 7-Eleven around the corner. And you know how they have to keep the cigarettes and lighters and stuff like that in the back? Mm-hmm. Like a pack of cigarettes is almost like $20. I know. Yeah, yep. it looks like. Those- I remember when my parents, because in the 70s, everybody smoked. And so I remember when my stepfather actually would go in and complain about how cigarettes were a dollar eighty nine. What? Uh-huh. That's crazy. Um, but anyways, I I I and the the book is called Rave. And then you open it up and there's this like psychedelic kind of like hot pink, neon pink. And I'm like, oh this is gonna be about raves and we're gonna see drug use and it's gonna be <laughs> and it starts off at with the sermon. Um, but yes, actually, it's it's called rave because she, she uh, there's actually a Christian rave that they're throwing, and she I goes. know, and I felt so bad for them because they actually thought they were going to go there to dance. <laughs> and when they when they walked in, it was just the dude with more sermon. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. He's like, did you guys know that Jesus Christ was the first raver? Yeah. That's right. That's right. You listen to me. He turned water into wine. That means he wanted to party with you. I'm just like, the fuck? Anyway, oh my God. I, I know. And um, it's in this rave that there's obviously this guy at her church that has a crush on her. And he tells her, um, I want to have I want to get married as soon as I can. And I want to get my a wife pregnant every nine months. I know. And I was like, I no, was like, no. <laughs> this dude should. This dude doesn't understand uh, how babies work. <laughs> he should not be having any. <laughs> and then she says, oh, I feel sorry for your wife. He goes, well, what? I'm going to help. Like, nah, dude, nah. You're, yeah, you just I'm going to help. You're, 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 <laughs> you don't get, you, you don't, anyway, you, you can't wrap your head around it. All and right. then, um, so like at the end, he tries to hold her hand and, in the rave he tried to kiss her but she kind of pushed him away too but um then at at the end of the story he he's trying to hold her hand in church and she's like nope and i nope. think that i think that was a uh, kind of a culminating was, moment for that her that would have scared every anyone away like, <laughs> boundaries <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> if the i want to have a kid every nine months didn't scare a woman away at first like <laughs> jesus fucking christ <laughs> like even reading that i was just like Ugh. Cringe. yeah like, jesus christ but that is like how it is in like some of these small towns or like places like that they're really religious like yeah. as soon like soon as cults. they can yeah as soon <laughs> as they can as soon as it's legal sometimes when even it's not 
like yep. or legal with the parent or legal guardian permission straight out the bat yeah mary popping out kids nine months later like jesus Christ. all i could think about was like are you sure you can afford it <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like it's not a life you mean you get me like you're not yeah, they were still in anything. high school. Yeah, you haven't done anything. You haven't like yeah. had fun or anything. Or and I mean, coming growing up as a Catholic, I was just like fun. You can't have fun. You need to be <laughs> suffering at all times. Oh, Remember? absolutely. Oh my god, oh, mom. But the the real thing is just like it's these things are what pushes like children away from religion and from yeah stuff like that. Um, because it is like that and it's awful and it's overbearing and it's oppressing and it's just and then later on that's how you get an atheist child yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we ready to rate it yeah okay i'm gonna go first and, and <clears throat> like i said i saw the art and i was like oh it's not really something i'm drawn to and then i was like oh then i got like i saw the psychedelic uh page and i was binding and i was like oh man i'm i'm ready for this ride and uh and i took the ride but it was an emotional one and i i felt really i felt i i could relate so much to lauren um as far as like you know kind of like what what your parents instill in you from the beginning and how it's hard to break away from that i mean i remember having panic attacks just being five minutes past curfew out in and about so i mean there was that similarity to me in the in the uh book and i just i really love this emotional journey this kind of self-awakening this maturing this discovery of of lauren so i'm gonna give it the whole panadria yeah. uh this is jen and seeing here i i really did enjoy it i i had fun reading it and relating to it as well um and it's like I had said earlier, it's a journey. And like, even I still have, I mean, there's a reason I don't, I didn't, and I still kind of don't identify as a lesbian because I still have this preconceived notion. And I realize this and I'm working on it. I'm always working on it. But it's stuff like that that you were raised with as a kid and these like pressures and stuff like that. Like, I think a lot of kids don't realize just how bad, especially kids like right now, don't realize just how bad it used to be. How bad it was when even I was still growing up and we we're just all like, like, yeah, gay marriage or whatever and stuff like that. But there's still like this and there still is in a lot of places that are small towns that are like even the suburbs are just like really deep in the Midwest as well. Not even just the Midwest in California, too. It's like. It's it's hard, um, but it was I, I, I did enjoy reading this book and relating to a lot of what was uh, what was being written and said. Uh, so I'm gonna give it the whole panaderia as well. So this is Kristen and I have to definitely say that it really brought me back to those high school years where you're going to school, you're, you're dealing with all of this drama and, and like very over the top type situations. And you're, then you go home and you have your parents to deal with and, and just a whole bunch of other stuff. And you're just this young girl who's trying to just exist and do what you need to do with school and your chores or whatever. And you're just overwhelmed. 
And you definitely get that sense uh, in this story with Lauren. And I really thought it was really relatable. Uh, if you uh, were ever a teenager, <laughs> I think that you would find something um, relatable and especially with women. Um, so I also give it the whole panaderia and wanted to mention that if you are interested in buying this book, um, we will, we do have copies at Heidi Ho Comics, but you can go directly to drawnandquarterly.com and um, there's copies that you can order there and they are $22.95. Yes. Plus it, tax. <laughs> Plus tax. <laughs> it's, it, it's a small book. It's not like the original, like a comic book size. It's, it's smaller, uh, but it's, it's hardcover and it's just just really just a really great work from this creator I, I i had not read anything from her before but this is just really smashing i really enjoyed it and that has been our book review all right guys now it's time for en la libreria jen what do you have for us today so today and this is really funny because i mean it also makes sense because we're about two months out from a little under two months out from Halloween. Woo! Oh and, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And I'm already seeing like Halloween stuff popping up in stores and shit like that. Um, yep. uh, and in ads, but this is a, uh, it came from the closet anthology and party, a spooky celebration for a new feminist press anthology of queer and trans writers on their favorite horror films. Oh, that's cool. Yes. So it is by feminist press. And let me read a little bit of what they have on here. Um, Queer people in horror films are a match made in hell. And it came from the closet. A new anthology of essays will show you why. In It Came From the Closet, queer and trans writers reflect on the horror films that shaped them and shook them from Hitchcock to Halloween to Hereditary. Horror ooh, movies hold ooh. a complicated space in the hearts of queer community. Historically misogynistic, homophobic, and transphobic, the genre has also often been inadvertently feminist and open to queer, campy, subversive readings. Flamboyantly costumed villains, secret identities, things that lurk in the closet. At times, it's almost a little too on the nose. Still, viewers are often tasked with reading between the lines of their beloved films, seeking out characters and set pieces that mirror and parallel the unique ways queerness encounters the world. Edited by Joe Vallesi, I hope I said that right, the anthology features 25 original essays by writers speaking to this relationship, whether the connections they draw are rooted in oppression or empowerment. From Carmen Maria Machado on Jennifer's Body, Jude Ellison Doyle on In My Skin, Adid Sai on Dead Ringers, and more of these conversations are, in Alex Marzano's Lesnovich words, as beautiful, gorgeously weird, and brilliantly off-kilter as the horror genre itself. So they then gave us a breakdown of like what's going to be in the book, the subjects, the movies that they're um, uh, going to be covering. Uh, they have actually already hit their goal of $6,666, currently <laughs> at $10,977 with 254 backers and 10 days to go. Um, Right now, you of course, you can always pledge without a reward. It's just uh, for to support uh, the project. But at uh, $12, you get a ticket to the launch party, um, which is called Monster Mash. I don't know if this is a virtual one or if it's going to be an actual in-person one at wherever it is in New York. Um, but at $15, 
you can get the ebook, uh, which is called It Came from the Computer. And then at $5, you get the print book. So I'm guessing this is actually going to be a pretty heavy book. I mean, how, what did it say? It was like 30 essays? Oh, wow. No, 25 original essays. Like that's, that's pretty, that's pretty big. And depending yeah. on the length of the, like, yeah, this seems like it's going to be a pretty hefty book. Um, there's also another $25 backing where you don't get the book, but you do get a limited edition spooky tote bag. Oh, and then cool. at $35, you get the print book and the ticket to the launch party. And at $60, you get the book, the ticket, an enamel pin and the tote bag. And from there it keeps on, um, uh, building up i believe there might be uh an incentive one a retailer incentive oh nice well. yes there is um but check it out i think if you're a fan of horror if you're a fan of like um, um also like kind of like examinations uh or like lgbtq studies this would be a perfect book and also just uh it's i've always found it funny and i've talked to um uh, we, we talk among like javi and may about like how we're all drawn to horror mm-hmm. and um uh, how there's like some awful depictions but also some like really actually like ones that we're like oh hey that's kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> Is it, i think javi once said that um uh, one of the nightmare on elm street movies was the gayest thing he had ever seen because it was full of <laughs> it was full of twinks and leather daddies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one it is, but man, did I want to watch it after you told me that. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh check it out on Kickstarter. It is it came from the closet. Very apt name, by the way. <laughs> right. Um and support it if you can. Awesome. All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Okay, well, on this week's Juntos y Fuertes, uh, our our, uh, segment where we highlight uh, projects um, that are either supporting or highlighting marginalized uh, endeavors, I am sharing with you this week the fact that Homeboy Industries is having a 5K. What? So um, it is happening on Saturday, September 24th. And if you don't already know, uh, Homeboy's uh, Homeboy Industries is uh, an organization. It's a nonprofit organization that uh, helps uh, formerly uh, former gang members basically reassimilate into um, back into the community in positive ways. And, and so, uh, on September 24th, they're doing a 5k event in downtown Los Angeles. Their, their, uh, organization, their, their building is in Chinatown. It's, um, a little bit kind of off of Chinatown and, um, it is a great, uh, awesome building. And they have a homegirl industries, their homegirl cafe, um, where they have uh, really good breakfast, lunch, 
I don't think they do dinner and bakery. Um, the and bakery. It's so good. So all proceeds from this 5K are going to benefit Homeboy Industries, and it's going to enable them to continue providing hope, training, and support to formerly gang-involved and previously incarcerated people. Um, Hondro has reached out to me um, to want to support a team. So if you're interested in... Um, in doing this 5K and your LA local, it's a run or walk. You don't have to run the whole thing. It's 3.1 miles. Uh, and we're going to be doing, uh, he and I are going to be forming a team. Uh, and if you're interested in joining our team to, um, to complete this 5K and to raise funds for Homeboy Industries, you let us know. That is so cool. That was such a nice twist to the to the uh, Juntos y Fuertes segment. <laughs> you know what? Uh, that that show this fool and Hulu, uh, uh -huh. it, it actually the main character works for a nonprofit that does the same thing that uh, the homeboy industries do. Oh, cool. It's, yeah. called, it's called Hugs Not Thugs. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was inspired by um, that's uh, homeboy funny. industries. Yeah. So that I was like, what? Oh, that's kind of cool. No, it was it was really funny to watch. But yeah, this sounds amazing. Um, I don't know, man. I don't want to throw my throw my uh what is it, the towel in the ring or what is it? Yeah. Oh uh, anyway, your I always, hat in the ring. The hat you throw your ring. hat in the ring to join, you throw your towel in the ring to quit. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't want to throw my hat in the ring just yet, but God, I'm I'm really tempted. It's it's a almost it, it, you got me at not not you don't have to run it you can walk it <laughs> <laughs> but that's really awesome thank you for bringing that uh to juntos y fuertes all right guys now it's time for saludos and saludos goes out today to hector gonzalez rodriguez the third well that's a name that's a name right there <laughs> anyway congratulations to him y saludos a, a hector because he had a he's running a very successful a very very successful kickstarter campaign uh it's el peso hero uh sicario war and oh. it reached it went way over past goal i think his uh his goal was to $2,500 and it's at $4,732. Oh, wow. So nice. he's already unlocked several of those. Um, what are they called? Stretch goals. Stretch, Stretch goals. goals. Yes. So um, saludos goes out to him. Uh, he has been doing amazing work. Um, I think he's also planning the Texas Comic Con, I believe. Um, he's just doing some amazing things out there. We saw him at San Diego Comic Con and he gifted us a comic and we gave us a small interview too. Uh, so saludos goes out to him. He's always so hardworking, always posting, always yeah. like uh, always supporting all other local Lat Latinx creators, artists and fans and everything. He listens to our uh, podcast. Uh, we really appreciate his support. So we're so happy that his Kickstarter is like su sumamente successful and it's it has 14 days to go from today. So uh, so yeah, if you haven't pledged, then just take a look at it. It's really amazing. So saludos goes out to you, um, Hector Gonzalez Rodriguez the third. All right, guys, now it's time. It's this is the end of the episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> time for what time, time to, to end <laughs> time, time to, to end, end the episode yeah, <laughs> um, so Kristen where can they find us 
you can find all of the info that you ever wanted to know about Comadesi Comics on ComadesiComics.com, where you can find out all about um, each of the co-hosts, as well as where you can contact us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all the relevant places. And you can even email us at ComadesiComics at gmail.com. Excellent. That was just excellent. So we're all on all the social media platforms. Just oh, and we're also on YouTube. Be sure to check out our amazing interviews with local artists and creators of the comic book industry. Those interviews are so inspiring. I cannot, I mean, I have to say, man, we do we props on ourselves because man, those interviews are so inspiring. Every time I get out of them, I'm just like, God, I wanna go make a comic book. <laughs> but uh, yeah check that out just search Comadresi Comics Podcast on YouTube like and subscribe anyways we have been your hosts I'm Sarah I'm Kristen and I'm Jen bye guys bye bye and that's on period network <laughs>